0: Welcome to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. This is a show to help you to be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Emily Jaminette, and I'm joined each program in studio with my friend Michelle Family. We hope this program provides an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Good morning, Emily. Hello, hello. What a gift that we get to be here and focus on some pretty awesome topics of being, you know, the
1: importance of encountering Christ through our faith and through the sacramentals. I know that is a great topic that we haven't talked about yet. So I'm super excited and that we have one of our friends on the show. I know it's super fun when we have others that, you know, I think some of the women might
0: even recognize our guest. Allison Gingras is a, you know, a friend of the Women's Conference. That's what we got to call her. That's right. She's been here um, in the past and she's such a gift. Hello, Allison. Hello. Thank you so much for
2: having me on today. I'm excited to talk with both of you and to share my new book.
0: Yay, encountering signs of faith, my unexpected journey with sacramentals, the saints, and the abundant grace of God. So that's awesome. I would love to, I'm going to share with our listeners a little bit more about what you do and who you are. As first, you are daughter of Christ. You are, um, Allison is a social media and digital specialist of family rosary, Catholic mom in the Diocese of Fall River. She is the creator and host of the podcast, A Seeking Heart. Allison is a wife, mother, and author of several books. Her latest book is Encountering Signs of Faith, My Unexpected Journey with Sacramentals, The Saints, and Abundant Grace of God from Ave Maria Press. So Allison, big bio. Your husband is also a deacon, isn't that correct?
2: Yes, he's a baby deacon, only three years in, but what a blessing it is for our family and our lives.
0: Well, I think we've met Allison first through Catholic Mom. Does that is that is that it is that how we first connected?
2: either that or wine women in the new evangelization i know it's the first time i met you was at the philadelphia wine conference that was so amazing to have all those women together and get to actually see you face to face Yes,
1: yes it was a beautiful beautiful gift and you've been involved with women's all kinds of different women's ministries that we've been also part of so i know we gave your formal bio but um can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your faith journey
2: Oh, again, I'm a wife of a deacon. we married for 32 years. We were dating as teenagers, 16 and 18. I have a 16-year-old, and I can't imagine her meeting her husband <laughs> anytime soon. It's so surreal. I have uh, two adult sons, one fabulous teenage daughter, who I talk about in Encountering Signs of Faith. I'm a revert to my faith. I came back the Catholic Church around the early 1990s, and I fell madly in love with Jesus about 10 or 15 years later when I started to do Bible study, small groups, faith-sharing, uh, spiritual reading, and of course, encountering Him through the Scriptures. So that's kind of a little bit of who I am and how I came to um, be a Catholic author and an evangelist through social media, mostly.
0: Uh, now, in your latest book, Encountering Signs of Faith... It's a beautiful journey about your adoption of your daughter, whose name Faith. Can you share a little bit more about the journey or a little bit to get people excited about this book?
2: It, uh, Faith's story is a total God story from end to end. It was born from time in Eucharistic Adoration. And the interesting thing about our adoption is that it's not a fertility story. It is absolutely a, a call, a mission from God to do something special for him. And he revealed through prayer, through others, through adoration, that where we were to adopt from, he even revealed that she would be deaf, how old she would be, where the money would come from. It was incredible. And I retell all of these god incredible moments throughout the book and how God, in the grace of God, through my love of the tangibles of our faith through the sacramentals, really gave this very severely anxious woman, the strength to navigate through the entire process, including spending two weeks in China.
1: Yes, it is a beautiful journey. And, uh, you know, faith is also, um, you know, from Emily and I have read the book, you know, and we know you personally, but your daughter is deaf, correct? Hearing impaired?
2: Yes, she is profoundly deaf, which means she has no hearing at all. And when we adopted her, she had no language at all, which is kind of how I started to discover, like, how am I going to teach this faith to a child that has no language? And I started to realize that God had already provided everything I would need to do this with all the tangibles that we have, the sacramentals, um, the sacred art, all of the beautiful things we can see, touch, feel, taste um, in our Catholic faith. And in doing so, I started to learn more about this faith that I thought I knew so well but barely had really touched upon. Until I started to dive deeper into these, into the sacramentals.
0: One thing I really loved about the book is, first of all, the story. I, you just did an amazing job in really recalling many of those memories and details. I think sometimes for me as a busy mom, I forget some of those things, and I just appreciated that you even awakened um, some of my memories of, mm-hmm. of having little children. At home, but you also made yourself very vulnerable. You know, you shared that you are, you know, had a fear of flying and that you had some anxiety about this. And I really appreciate that as well. Cause sometimes, you know, we, we put everyone up on pedestals and we think nobody's got these struggles, but I, I appreciate that you, you did that for the listener to break it down and, and make it so tangible for us.
2: Thank you. St. Catherine of Drexel has this wonderful quote. She was afraid of boats, and of course she lived in a time where if you needed to go somewhere, you had to get on a boat. And her sister actually offered her of all-expense vacation on a fancy boat, and she said to her sister, I only get on boats for Jesus. So I've kind of adopted that in our modern age, and I say I only get on planes for Jesus (laughs) because the the idea of traveling and getting on a plane is it's very very hard for me. I have mysophobia, which is the irrational fear of contamination. So, on top of being um, anxious, I'm also um, kind of kind of a germaphobe. So it's been a very difficult three years, as you can imagine. But I, I love that. The things that the grace of God can inspire you to do if you just lean into that is miraculous, truly.
1: And this is really a leap of faith for you because, you know, it's not like you did not know sign language or, you know, it's not like you were, that was something in your background and that you, you opened your heart to this idea um, and, you, and you knew, you said it through prayer that you were going to adopt a child who was deaf before you even knew it was faith.
2: I did, and you know, my mom reminded me that I did take a very short course of sign language back in eighth grade, which was a super long time ago. And she said I came home one day from from this class, and I said, one day I want to adopt a deaf child. And she looked at me kind of crazy, and she said, Well, you know, if, if just you keep. thinking about that we'll see what god has in store for you and i realized that i had forgotten all about it quite honestly by time this all happened and i realized that there's a beautiful scripture that says that god delights in giving you the desires of your heart and for me to say yes to this adoption, he'd already planted that beautiful desire in my heart. And all I had to do is kind of just be open to the grace and for and to, to do what he's asking, of kind of following his will, which is not always easy, but never impossible. I've discovered that.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we could dive a little bit deeper into the sacramentals. Because I think it's really important as Catholics and as Catholic women that we have a better understanding of what they are, you know, what are they tangibly and what they're not. So we know they're not magic, we know they're not superstition, but could you spend a few minutes kind of explaining, um, you know, the purpose of them, you know, what, what benefit do they have to us as Catholics?
2: Well, sacramentals are kind of t- tangible objects, devotions, or even blessings that prepare our hearts to receive the grace of a sacrament, to receive the grace that God has for us. And um, I, I think about how God created us with these senses, and He put us in this world that we can interact with the world through, again, all, of all of our senses. And when we make logical sense, uh, pun intended, that God would provide us these ways to encounter Him through holy water, incense, metal, sacred art, just to name a few. That's some of the sacramentals I cover in the Countering Signs of Faith. They are not talisman and lucky rabbit feet, as you mentioned. They're not magic. Grace does not come directly from these sacramentals, of course, unless God wants it to, because He can do anything He wants to help, his, uh, to help us grow in our faith and our holiness. So what, what does come through is these beautiful, powerful promises, the uh, opening our hearts and preparing our hearts to receive whatever He has for us in that grace. It's a, I love that God's grace is abundant, and um, the Blessed Mother speaks about how God has all this grace for us, and we need grace. It's like air. like We need water, air, sun, and grace to live our life fully, and He provides these beautiful, tangible ways for us to just encounter Him, because it's so hard. I don't know about you, but to believe in an invisible God can be kind of challenging some days.
1: Absolutely. Now, you shared a about a lot of different um, sacramentals in your book. Do you have one that's maybe um, your favorite or nearest and dearest to your heart?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's the rosary. As a child, we only prayed the rosary when it was lightning out, when we were having thunderstorms. And true story, then my house got struck by lightning. So I thought, oh, this doesn't work. But over time, I realized, well, we were praying the rosary, and our house did not even catch fire after being struck by lightning. That's miraculous. There is a beautiful power in this prayer, and I realized that after I started to learn the the mysteries, because we didn't even pray more than the Our Fathers and the Hail Marys, when I started to learn the mysteries and the promises that are attached, the 15 promises attached to the rosary, I realized that this was like my sacramental link to heaven, and some days when I'm praying the rosary, I really feel like I'm even holding Mary's hand because it teaches me about God, about Jesus, his life, my faith, and I feel such a comfort and a power in the rosary. So I think that's probably my favorite sacramental.
0: You know, one thing, um, and I'm glad you shared that story about your house catching on. I mean, I'm not glad that your house caught on or got struck by lightning, but I'm (laughs) glad that you shared that story because again, a lot of times it's a beginning point for us and we might be introduced to the sacramentals. based on, you know, just what was passed on to us, you know, what our Mm -hmm. parents did, what our grandparents did. But I also loved in the book, when you talked about what sacramentals do you have in your purse, because there are many sacramentals that can travel with us, you know, in our, our daily life. So, you know, maybe I'll start with Michelle. Michelle, is there
1: a sacramental in your purse? Well, there's always a rosary. And I do keep holy medals um, on my keys. Um, I keep a St. Benedict medal. I all, mm. all the time. Actually, I keep one in my car on the dashboard in a little crucifix. So those are definitely in my purse. I should keep some holy water, but, you know, I'm always spilling. <laughs> yes. So
0: I do have, I same with me, I have the rosary. But it kind of, like, the the book got me thinking about, you know, where are my sacramentals? You know, do I, and I have some holy water at home. So I like to, you know, continue to make sure to put them in the fonts. But it's, it's these are free gifts from God. Like, these opportunities mm. So maybe you can comment a, few, a little bit on that, Allison.
2: Well, here's a sacramental that I don't think that married people think of often is your wedding ring. This ring that you, you know, you've sealed your vow with, this is a sacramental. This reminds us of the grace of our, uh, our marriage, of, of matrimony. So that's one that sometimes when I'm having a hard time, I may twirl around or just touch um, I also am a big fan of medals. I have several around my neck. In fact, I'm trying not to touch them because I'm always fiddling with them because they give me such comfort. You could probably hear them, and I apologize for that. Um, and but also just sacred images. I love having pictures of the um, sacred heart, of course. Um, Emily, I love that devotion that you have taught me so much about. I love the reminder when I look up at that, that picture that Jesus He's with me. He died for me. He also offers me promises through that devotion. So there's really these these images and these uh, items are to remind us of, of who God is and who God is in our lives.
0: Um, you are listening to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Emily Giammanet, and I'm in studio with Michelle Fanley. And today we're talking to Allison Gingras about encountering Signs of Faith in her most recent book, which will be coming out in September.
1: Yes. So, Alison, you shared also in your book about saints, and we love the saints, Emily and I, and (laughs) I know that they're an important part of your faith journey. So, um, can you share a little bit about, you know, why saints are important and which saints are important to you and how they've been part of your faith life?
2: Well, I find uh, saints, I, call, I have a whole saint posse, quite honestly. I even created the hashtag saint posse because I, I don't have a lot of people in my family who practice the faith. And I felt sort of alone when I first started coming back to the faith. Like I didn't know how to how to connect with Christ, and I started looking at these holy men and women, and they've all come at it in such different and varied ways that I was drawn to them to kind of get to know them better, and then to, uh, to know, like, if you have something going on with your life, for instance, my daughter had scoliosis. She still has scoliosis, and we were faced with possible surgery for her, which was really scary. As an adopted child with no medical history at all. We don't know who her family is at all. The idea of putting this child under anesthesia was petrifying, and I didn't know who to turn to or what to do, and and when I have situations like that in my life, what do I do? I turn to my friends and say, "'Please pray for me. Pray for this situation.'" Well, I can't think of any more powerful prayer intercessors than those who are sitting looking at the face of God. So that's kind of how I got into praying uh, to saints. I talk about novenas, which is often nine days of prayer in the, for special intention through the intercession of a saint. For, for faith in her back, we actually prayed to St. Gemma Galgani, And while her back did not heal, we had a, a pretty miraculous turn of events where she no longer needed surgery. Again, I tell the entire story, which is phenomenal in the book, Encountering Signs of Faith.
1: We love St. Gemma as well and wrote about her in our prayer book. She is an amazing Mm. saint. What a a good friend to have in heaven. (laughs) Absolutely. Do you have another favorite besides St. Gemma? Well, I'm also
2: very fond of Venerable Patrick Payton. He's known as the rosary priest. I actually work for Family Rosary. Quick, real fun story. I was praying and doing a novena to him. Asking just the Lord to put my gifts and talents where they're best suited for His kingdom, and about three or four days later, I received an unexpected job offer from Family Rosary, the very ministry that Father Peyton began, to become their social media and digital content specialist. So, I and that like every prayer ends with some miraculous ending, but I've been kind of uh, I've noticed that there's is kind of this happens more often than not, but there's always for me always. Um, piece at the end of it. Another f- saint I know we share in common is uh, St. Faustina. I was very blessed to contribute to our friend Faustina Life Lessons in Divine Mercy, and she's been a very powerful friend along my, my life journey of faith.
0: Well, I love that you're part of our team, right? Our Columbus Catholic Women's Conference team. Allison, thank you so much for your involvement with social media, promoting, helping with our live stream, you know, what are some of the fruits that you've seen, you know, why women stepping away, going to conferences like this, you know, maybe if someone's on the edge and they're still thinking, I don't know, I don't know if it's for me. You know, what, what connections do you see of these beautiful days like our conference?
2: Well, I think about Jesus. Jesus retreated. He removed himself from his regular activities and routines to connect with the Father, to, to go deeper in his spiritual life as our role model for all things of how to grow in holiness, I really do look to Jesus and what He did to know how I could best also uh, grow in these ways. And I see these types of events as our modern-day equivalent of heading into the desert for 40 days, and you can go alone, or as I prefer, with my fellow disciples, which is why I love women's conferences so much, because you are sharing this, this moment with God, with friends, and with new friends, and I, I just find it very inspiring and i'm so looking forward to being with all of you in february
1: yes what a gift we that you can come we're always so honored to have you. you do such a fabulous job and we're just excited to see you <laughs> same here <laughs> i think it's the best part of the conference just seeing so many friends together gathering praying together and it is such such a special special gift
0: i agree so well, go ahead. I mean, how do our listeners uh, stay in touch with you, Allison? You know, wh- what's the best way to reach you and to learn more about this new and exciting book that is coming out this year?
2: Well, I always um, ask people who are looking for books to please go to your local um Catholic bookstore or any local small business bookstore, if you're looking for it, it mean, somebody else is looking for it, you're not only supporting the work that they do, because most of them do this as, an, as a mission, as a ministry, but you're also helping other people find good Catholic resources. You can always go to my website, com, for links to the publisher, publisher, or of course, any online bookseller
1: available. And tell us about your podcast. I think, actually, now that I was thinking about that, that's how we met you. We were a guest on your podcast many years ago. Yes, I have a podcast called A Seeking Heart with
2: Allison Gingrich, and it focuses on Catholic books. My reversion came back through spiritual reading, small group Bible studies, small group faith sharings, and I wanted to share that uh, with others, and so I highlight Catholic books, all, all kinds, fiction, nonfiction, children's, adults, and it that's A Seeking Heart with Allison Gingras.
1: That's great. I'm an avid reader, so I love good book suggestions because there's not enough time to read all the books, so the ones you read, you want them to be good. Absolutely. Yeah. <gasps> Go ahead, Alison. Also, I just
2: I love getting to talk with the authors because I think you can see a book and you can say, oh, I'm not sure if I'll like that or not. But when you hear the author's story, you listen to their voice, I often find that, I get excited to know more about them. And we can usually do that through their writing, even their fiction writing. You get to know more about this person.
1: Absolutely. Well, we have been so honored to have you on your show and we are so looking forward to seeing you in February. If you have any parting words, we always ask to ask our uh, speakers to give us a little nugget on, you know, maybe it's prayer or something, anything that's been impacting your life lately. I think for me, the,
2: giving God the first fruits of my day. That seems so hard, especially if you're a working mom or you've got to get the kids off to school. It feels like there's not that time in the morning to give to God. But when I give Him even five minutes before I jump into the day, I find the rest of my day is just so grace-filled. So that would be my little prayer nugget. If you can give God the first fruits of your day, you will be amazed at what He'll do with the rest of it.
0: Well, what a great way to end our interview with you. Cause that's, um, I, I, I second that my friend, I second that. <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. A third from me. <laughs> it's anonymous. We should all, we all need to do that. Right. Amen. Well, thank you, Allison. We appreciate you being on.
2: Thank you so much for we'll having see me. I'll see you, see you February. in February. Yes. <laughs> bye.
0: bye. What a great time to spend with her. I'm excited about this new book because you know we get used to these things like sacramentals right like you you just take it for granted but for many catholics it's a little bit overwhelming or if you're just coming back to the church and you're talking about holy waters and rosaries and medals and images you know it's it's a little intimidating so i think it's a gentle story it's a great way to reintroduce it to someone's life or to deepen if you're pretty familiar.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes you even forget, like I do always wear a miraculous medal. Um, It is my mother gave me this for, I think, my 30th birthday and I'm turning 45 this year. So I've had it for a very long time. You know, my kids have like, there's a heart and the kids have popped the medal out. It's been glued back together. But I get so many Comments on this, whether it's at the bank or you know just out and about, and I always say, you know, this was a gift from my earthly mother that reminds me of my heavenly mother, and it's such a good you know witness because people notice it um, and ask about it, and it's a simple way to share about your faith when you when you wear a a sacramental. I'm kind of excited about my sacramental. Um,
0: I'm wearing a little Mary medal. It's really thin, and it was my. Uh, godmother's, who has since passed away. She was, um, she lived a nice, full life. Mary Grace and I was telling my mom that my daughter had broken my last one. You know, like she was jumping. You know, the the crazy two year old and and broke it. And I was so bummed. And she said, "Well, believe it or not, I've been holding this medal for many years since your godmother died." And then we made that connection that that was Mary Grace was my godmother. It was. It's kind of cool that I get to. You know, wear her sacramentals. So, I mean, they can be sentimental too. It's a gift to be able to pass things along, such as through gifts or
1: just that spontaneous present that you know means so much. It is a beautiful idea to you know, to pass on a sacramental or to give them as gifts. I think I always think of things that are so special to me that you know, my godmother or my parents or somebody gave me this rosary or this holy card, and and it has a special then a little attachment to it. I think it's been an extra blessing. Uh, Recently, I was at the grocery store and I met someone
0: behind me and she recognized my last name. And she said, are you the person that gave the rosary to my grandson at confirmation? And I had given rosaries to all of everyone in the class that year. And I was so taken back. And I realized, you know what? That's a great opportunity. Confirmation, First Communion. Give every kid a little prayer card or a little rosary or something, and who knows the fruits that it's going to bear? You don't know, but it's just planting seeds and, and trusting. But you could have, I mean, I, my face was so shocked that she remembered my last name based on passing out a sacramental that I, I didn't even remember handing out a few years ago for one of my older children.
1: And what a gift to teach your children about these, because I think kids really um, latch on to something tangible. Mm-hmm. So they have an understanding of what, you know, and to you, how do you, you know, to use the rosary, what a gift to teach, sit down and, with your child and say, okay, move to the next speed. And when you're teaching them when they're little, and those are just precious memories. They yeah, are, Michelle. I remember
0: you had the rosary counter above your, in your kitchen, right? When you were keeping track of the rosaries. So there's, there's neat tools and things on the internet to even be um, creative teaching. But one of my favorite tricks with sacramentals is if a kid is struggling with sleeping, I say, always sleep with a rosary under your pillow. And then you can hold on to it in the middle of the
1: night. And it, it has brought a lot of peace to a lot of my children. And if you can't sleep, it is the best thing just to pray the rosary while you're laying in bed there. Like if you feel like, I don't have time to say the rosary during the day, but how many hours sometimes to spend sleepless in their bed. Like that is my go to and keep on it. My dad always says, you know, it's like the American Express card, don't leave home without it. So I've got them everywhere next to my bed and my purse and my car. I've always got a rosary handy. That's a great. That's a great point. Don't be intimidated. Don't make them so.
0: It's such an expensive rosary that you don't pray on it. Right, you know? Right. Just, I have one rosary that will always be in my jewelry box, and you know, but I, I need to have many that I I pray with. So, what a beautiful discussion on sacramentals on Allison's new book, Encountering Signs of Faith. And we just are so grateful that everyone could join us. So let's close in prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Therese of Lazoo, you said that you would spend your time in heaven doing good on earth.
1: Pray for me that I, like you, may have a great and innocent confidence in the loving promises of our God. Pray that I may live my faith in union with God's plan
0: for me and one day see the face of God whom you loved so deeply.
1: Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us on Inspired by Faith. We hope you've been blessed and inspired by this episode. To find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit columbuscatholicwomens.com. And to hear more about our work, please check out inspirethefaith.com.